Morning, everybody. How awesome was that? That was rad, right? Um, my name is Will West. I um, have been here before and spoken before um, and given my testimony. It was on a Wednesday night, if you weren't here. Uh, I, I used to be a homeless drug addict, and the Lord kind of had me out trying to help people that have been in recovery and things like that, and to just tell them my testimony, and got to know Pastor Wayne through that and his wife, Joan, and so they just asked me to come out to, uh, to preach this morning. And, and I've taken, Pastor, when you asked me, what, Thanksgiving? Is that what it was right before Thanksgiving, I think? And, and I've just been seeking the Lord on this, about what I'm supposed to say and what I'm supposed to say and what he would have me to say to you guys today because I take this as a big responsibility that he would allow me the platform and the opportunity, that Pastor Wayne would allow me the platform and the opportunity to speak to you. If you were at the early service, like, ladies, I don't mean anything disrespectful when I say this, please. But if you ever see the difference between when a, two men fight each other we try to make it look like a boxing match, right? When two women fight each other, though, there is nothing dignified about it whatsoever. It takes a long time for a woman to get to the point where she's going to fight you, but if she will fight you, she will yank your hair, claw your eyes, throw her shoe at you, yank out earrings, and do all of that. This word was on me that the Lord's given me for you guys today so bad in that first service. I was fighting like a girl. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. And I was. I was clawing whatever it took just I had to get this thing out of me. So let's see if I can be a little more dignified with it today. But I'm, I'll be real. I'm from Seymour. I might get redneck again. Let's see what happens. I, li- I come from Seymour. We moved here. Uh, Seymour was always where my family's from. It's where my dad's family's from. My mom's family's from Morristown. We lived here. Moved to Georgia where my dad was a pastor of a church. Moved back up here when I was in high school. Um, I, I, you know, short story long, I fell off the way off the wagon and ended up just kind of straight up to being a... I didn't fall in with the wrong crowd. I was the wrong crowd. Let me just go ahead and tell you that. If your kids were hanging out with me, you were in trouble. You know what I mean? Because I was the bad influence in town. And the Lord saved me. And he got me clean. Um, I still didn't know nothing though, right? Let me go and just tell you that. But I, I moved into South Knoxville is where I lived. And I lived in an area of South Knoxville called Old Severe. And I lived there for about nine years. And South Knoxville at that time was the second most impoverished area of Knoxville, Tennessee. You had East Knoxville, Magnolia, and the projects that are out there. And then you had um, South Knoxville, and then North Knoxville, and West Knoxville is where the money was, Right. But then the Henley Street Bridge Project happened. Do y'all ever read about or hear about on the news the Henley Street Bridge Project that happened that started in 2011, right? 2011, this started. They had put a bonus at the end for the company to be done with it by the end of 2012. And if they hit to the de- December 2012, they would be able to get an extra million-dollar bonus. Everybody thought that's when it was going to happen is they would rebuild the Henley Street Bridge. They would get it figured out there. Well, delays happened. A couple of people died working on the project, God rest their soul. And it actually didn't reopen the way like all four lanes until 2014, middle of 2014. So South Knoxville, which was my home, went from being the second most impoverished area of town to having 47 businesses close in about a three and a half uh, year period. Now this was already South Knoxville where Baptist Hospital, which was a huge employer for people in South Knoxville, closed down. The Kearns Bread Company, like that South Knoxville, I don't know if y'all been much through that. It's it's 800 to 12, maybe 1,500 sometimes square foot of homes of people that worked in factories. Well, we all know the factory jobs are gone for the most part, right? And then the hospital closed. And there weren't a lot of things that you could look at and say, this is where people can go to work in South Knoxville already 
and then 47 businesses closed in about three years. It became devastated. Um, I, I got my house broken into. I lived in an area, old, severe. My uncle, would, you know, would God rest his soul, um, rented me a house at $350 a month, and I was just, I didn't have nothing. So I was just trying to get started in radio, and that was, that was good enough for me. And so I rented that house, and I got broken into it, had everything stolen out of it one time. I stopped somebody from breaking into it two different times. There was one time I was getting ready. I used to do morning sports on WIVK when Andy and Allison were on there. And I did, um, I'm, I'm sitting there getting ready, getting dressed, and I'm making breakfast before I leave to go do the sports uh, broadcast for Andy and Allison. And this lady just opens my door, this junkie, and she just says, hey, are you, you got a cigarette? No, no, it's, it's 4.30 in the morning. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, you just opened my door and asked for a cigarette. I would walk outside. There would be people passed out in the yard. All the time in my yard, they'd be passed out. There was a guy that lived across the way. It was an older man. He let his son live there, and his son sold drugs. And somebody came by and shot up the guy's house one time. Thank God he wasn't there. Like, this is the type of area that it was. It went from being working-class folks and older people and some hippies that lived there to dilapidated houses. And you still had some older people that probably couldn't afford to move out of that area. But Old Severe became a pretty rough area. The gas station that's about, I don't know, half mile, mile from the house, um, was at a BP gas station I walked in four different times when I was driving to work to go do stuff on IVK and somebody had robbed it four different times during this time that I'm the, I walked in and I was the first customer in after it had been robbed. And they were like, sorry, can't sell you gas. I just got robbed. So, and then by the time, like the third time it happened, it's like, sorry, will happen again. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I'll figure it out. <laughs> got to make sure I got gas the night before in case the gas station got robbed and I couldn't buy it. Um, like it really was like that. This is what South Knoxville was. So 2014, it's just dilapidated. I mean, it's, South Knoxville's in, in a bad spot at that point. We didn't have real growth. We had a Kroger. The food city even closed. There's a Kroger, a big lot, a gym that nobody ever cleaned that was dirty. That's about it. Like, South Knoxville was in a rough, rough, rough spot at that time. And I used to drive around South Knoxville, and especially the old severe area, and pray for it all the time. Kind of way past away, and always has people come here and pray for the city um, and walk through the city here. And I would drive through there and just pray for the Lord to, to revitalize this area, revitalize this area, revitalize this area. But I never could see anything. And I would pray for factories to come in. I would pray for this thing, this business to come in to create jobs and this to happen and come in to create jobs in South Knoxville where people have a way and a place to go to work. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. God revitalized that area of South Knoxville. And I don't know if you guys have been to South Knoxville in the last couple of years, uh, but in the last year and a half, two years, South Knoxville's like stupid revitalized at this point. Like, especially, it's not complete, but areas of Severe Avenue that used to be where the prostitutes and the drug dealers hung out, people have bought the little homes that were dilapidated for twenty dollars to $50,000. Now they're three hundred and dollars to $500,000 because they've been able to flip those. And it wasn't new jobs that came in. It wasn't all of these things that came in that I, that I had prayed for to happen, for God to do this, because I needed to figure out how God's going to do it to revitalize this area, and we can rebuild this thing. What it was was trails. People got interested in trails at IAM's Nature Center. People started going to the Sunflower Place down in South Knoxville, and Teenage girls would take pictures of themselves next to the sunflower and put it on Instagram. Their friends would see it. They want to show up too. Their mom would see it. Then they want to show up. The mama would do it. And the girl at work would see it. And all of a sudden, people started showing up there. The people started going to a place called Mead's Quarry. Now, as I was in South Knoxville, Mead's Quarry was where the drug dealers left the bodies. And that's not a joke. Like, that is legitimately what Mead's Quarry was. 
it would be every month you'd see a body get fished out of Mead's Quarry because somebody got killed, and that's where they dumped the body. Instead, somebody opened up a little place where you could uh, rent paddle boards and canoes and things like that, and you'd be able to, to, to do this, um, you know, to use those at Mead's Quarry. But these trails had been there since the 1960s, and nobody cared about them. I mean, I, I lived a mile from them, and I didn't go but once. You know what I mean? And that was some girl I was trying to chase at the time I wanted to go. And so that's, a, that's why I ended up going, if I'm just being real with y'all. But it's, uh, I guess Tiff and them aren't here. I can say that this time. I couldn't say it in the first service. My girls are here. Um, so, but nobody cared about them. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people start going to Iams Nature Center and these trails and this sunflower place that they've got, and Mead's Quarry, of all places. And then people started um, trying to create new trails and things like that. And then Knoxville ended up winning a thing to create a bike trail in South Knoxville. Then an old church, old Severe Heights Baptist Church, that was dilapidated. Somebody ended up buying it, and they're turning it into a shopping place. And they built a, like this really cool like mountain biking course around it that's a bunch of trails. All these things that have been there forever and ever and ever, and nobody ever used them just out of nowhere people had interest in it again. And so Severe Avenue, this area where it used to be straight up prostitutes, drug dealers, prostitutes, drug dealers, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that that's what it was. The area of South Knoxville, if y'all have ever heard of Sutry's Landing, where this, they call it the South Waterfront area, um, that was, if you went to Phillips Avenue, you got shot. That's what that was. Like my buddy, I have a buddy that bought four houses there waiting on it to flip, and he just left them dead, like empty, because he was just waiting on the city put the money into building the South Waterfront. They told us they were going to do that in about 2002. They ended up doing it about 2016, 2017 is when we finally saw this thing kind of come open and really get together. And so South Knoxville went from being this dilapidated thing to being rebuilt and to being revitalized. And now it's kind of spreading from that area at the waterfront south, that area of Old Severe where I was for $350 a month, that, you know, I think that when I moved, they sold it for $40,000, the house. That house would go for 180 grand now, and it's a little two-bedroom, you know, 1,200-square-foot house. Like, that's kind of what it's looking like in South Knoxville now. I'm telling you that because God told me to give you this word very specifically. And I prayed about it, and I prayed about it, and I was scared to death when I was driving here to give it. I'm going to be honest with you, but the Lord kind of showed me that I'm in fear of man at that point. So I'm going to say it to you this way. In 2019, you will begin to see Rocky Top turn. In 2019, you will begin to see downtown Rocky Top especially start to change. You will be able to see revitalization again in this area. Y'all ain't, I mean, look, I, I, I've talked to Pastor Wayne and Ms. Joan. I understand Rocky Top's got his problems. Y'all ain't got nothing like South Knoxville. You know what I mean? Like, and, not, don't, and I'm not trying to make light of anything, but if God can do it there, at a place where you, if you drive here, you die. That's what Phillips Avenue was, right? That's just straight up what you were going to do. If he can do it there, off of something that's already there, God can use something that's already here, that all of us are ignoring, that we don't even pay attention to or look as significant whatsoever, and all of a sudden tens of thousands of people can decide that they want to do this. So on Severe Avenue, there's a place, um, really the first business that opened there on Severe Avenue as they rebuilt this thing was a place called Alliance Brewing Company. It was a microbrewery. That was the first one. Don't try to make sure you, don't try to figure out how God's going to do it, and if it don't look like the way you want it to starting out, Trust God that he'll get it there by the end. I'm a, I'm a person that goes and helps people about not drinking, and if you're freedom in Christ and you drink beer, I'm, I'm not ripping you or anything like that. It's just not my thing. 
That's what God used to first start it. And then from there, a bicycle shop came in. And then this coffee house in Farragut decided to open a second location, and they bought this little building there and refurbished the thing. And then somebody put a yoga studio across the street. And then a little boutique uh, clothing place. The people started buying these houses at twenty dollars to $50,000, flipping them, selling them for their $250,000, $300,000, There's one that's four fifty right now that's on the market there. It's just gorgeous. Um, there's a guy named Zach Land that I went to high school with that's from Seymour. Um, he and his wife bought a big, huge Victorian house that was right on Sevier Avenue and opened up a restaurant called The Landing um, I think it's called the landing spot or something like that. It's like the, the landing room. I don't remember the name of it now. But I know it has to be God that this thing's working because it's Cambodian-French fusion food. And nobody's ever wanted to have Cambodian-French fusion food in their entire life. But it's working, man. And so the, the Lord is blessing this thing, and I'm watching him bless this thing with little things that we didn't pay attention to or care about. And I watched God in just a couple of years turn this thing on a dime like that. The Lord sent me here to tell you three things. Number one, this will be the year that you begin to see Rocky Top turn. And please understand this. There's nothing in the natural I could have looked at that would have told me that anything was going to change in South Knoxville. Nothing whatsoever. But God uses the supernatural. The thing that's already there, thousands and thousands, Instagram happens, and you know, how many people, tens of thousands of people flock to it, to 100,000 people flock to it, and all of a sudden, people want to show up to these trails and take their picture on and put it on Instagram of them on these trails and on Snapchat of them on those trails. That's for the kids. I don't know how to I'm too old for Snapchat. Passed away, and I don't understand it. <laughs> Got to use something that you're not paying attention to to bless this area. But please understand it is not in the natural, because in the natural, people are moving into urban areas they're not moving into. Businesses are not moving out of town. They're moving into town, right? I'm telling you right now, God's going to, in 2019, change this thing. The second thing he told me to tell you is this. The process of rebuilding your town will be a fight. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, we can become complacent. And the Lord showed me there's two places where we stop growing. And I, for me, I personally had to have a revelation about this about two weeks ago. I'm walking through New York City. It's Chelsea. It's 6 a.m. And I just talked to my girls the day before, and I told them, you know, I'm under attack. I'm under spiritual attack. I just need some time. I'm going to go take some time tomorrow. I'm going to walk around because I'm under attack. And I'm walking around Chelsea, New York at 6 a.m. And for a city that never sleeps in New York City, there ain't nobody on the street at 6 a.m., I'll tell you that. So I'm walking around, and I just felt like the Lord just said to me, you're only under attack if you ain't swinging back. Then you're in a fight. So which one are you going to be, under attack or in a fight? Because we can get in a fight. You know what I mean? I was raised redneck. Well, I'm from the country. We will fight. You know what I mean? That is, that is one thing that I am not afraid to do. If you're on drugs, if you're on the street, if you drink a whole lot, you're probably going to end up in fights. I ain't afraid to fight, but I'm just sitting there. And I've gotten complacent. And the Lord showed me that from 2000, end of 2004 to January 7th, 2007, and I mean the end of November 2004, I went from being a um, high school dropout who just got his GED, no education, no income, no anything. I had nothing, right? Nothing whatsoever. To I'd always wanted to be on sports radio, and I was working on the radio. From Again, just that little two-year period from I don't know nobody on the radio to bam, I'm on it. And then I wanted to do my own show. From January 2007 to October 2009, I was doing three different sports radio shows and turning them down because I didn't want to do, I, didn't, I couldn't handle the work, right? It was more work than I could handle. And God showed me that I hadn't grown since that point. I hadn't done anything new. I stopped trying to take ground. I stopped extending my faith for things. I stopped fighting to gain more territory and to grow. 
because I got fat and happy. I'll be real. Like I just, I became an inside cat. You know what I mean? I got declawed. I stopped going out to get my dinner and said dinner was dropped off to me. And I was, I was fine with that. I was good. I was complacent. And I got with the woman I loved. I got, you know, got a baby girl and I love her with, with all my life. And I got straight up soft. And so what the Lord showed me was I have become soft and I have become soft because I got complacent. The Lord showed me there are two places in the body of Christ that we have gotten straight up soft and we've stopped taking land and we've stopped fighting and we've stopped, when we look at something like, I mean, when Jesus walked into funerals, it wasn't a funeral anymore, it was a party. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, used to, if somebody was sick, you'd watch them walk into church, you just lay hands on them. That's it. You know, when, when I first got saved, I didn't know any better, right? Because I did so many drugs, I didn't have any memory of what, uh, you know what I mean, what I was taught growing up. I had nothing. So it was me and a Bible. So I just, the Bible says I can do it, I can do it. I would wake up days that I had a day off, and I would just go say, what's the devil's? I'm going to go take it from him. And I'm going to hit him in his mouth. He took 12 years of my life from me, took all this time from me and all these things from me. I'm going to go hit him in his mouth, and that's what I'm going to do. And so what do I have? I got $13. I can go buy two loaves of bread, two things of peanut butter and jelly. I'm going to make sandwiches. And I found, you know, from being homeless, I knew that you need toothbrushes a lot, toothpaste. And I made little care packages for the homeless. And that's what I'm going to do in the morning is I'm going to do that because that's the devil's and I'm going to take it from him. And that's the way it was. But I got soft once I got a, a taste of what I thought was success for me, right? We get soft and complacent when we are satisfied with what we have. And God charges us to continue to take land. The other places where we get soft and complacent is we get distracted. You get up. You take the kids to school. That's already, I mean, that, let's be honest, that's hard enough. Then you work eight to 10 hours a day. Then you drive home and pick them kids up again. And then you come home, you got to feed them. You got to do all the stuff that they need to do, help with the homework or whatever you got to do. If they got practice because they're playing sports or if they're doing anything like that, then you get home about 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And let's be real. We just want to sit and watch, binge watch Netflix for a couple shows, right? I'm just trying to watch the same episode of The Office I've seen eight times, right? And that's okay, just because I need a break from it. So this is what we do. Or, or we play Fortnite for two or three hours. Or Will West plays FIFA for a, few, a little while, because that, that one's mine. We all have one, right? We've become distracted. We've allowed ourselves that when we have free time, we pull our phone out, and I'm scrolling through social media two, three hours a day. And you find yourself doing that over and over again. We become distracted, and we have become complacent. And the Lord told me to tell you, you're going to have to break that if you want to have what he has for you. And he has something for you, and you can have it. But it's super natural. Jesus isn't magic that you're gonna, we're all going to sit in our attic or sit in our, our living room, and the doorbell is going to ring. And it's just like, here's all these blessings that I have for you. we got to go get it. God blesses the work that we do. Even Pastor Wayne, when you look at the, the widow with Elijah, that when she needed money and her husband had died and they were going to take her, her sons, he told her to do an action. He told her to go gather all the jars and all the containers that he possibly could and dump the oil into it, right? There was an action that he did. The walls of Jericho, like you were talking about, they didn't fight that fight, but they did walk around the walls until the walls fell down. There was still a corresponding action that he has to take. And we got to start taking action in our lives again. And if you guys will take action in your city to do what you can to make it a little bit better, God will bless that and continue to grow that in 2019. I didn't actually drive around and pray about my city. I'm watching it fall, right? But I was so, like, I, you know, I'm watching it just, South Knoxville have problems. I didn't care, though, because I was so worried about my own stuff at that time because I felt like I was playing catch-up from 12 years of drug use and not really doing anything. 
And I was just kind of into me at that point and into, I'm going to make my life better. I'm going to do this thing. I want to achieve. I want to prove what God can do through me. And one day I'm driving down Chapman Highway and I stop by the Walgreens on Chapman Highway. It's on the corner of Chapman Highway and Moody Avenue. And I walk in. I don't even remember what I bought. I walk out, probably overpaid for something. That's the way it usually goes. But I walk out of there and this little girl walks up to me. And she looks like, my little girl's 13. She looks like she's about 13 or 14. And she asked me if I'll give her a ride. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, I don't know why this girl's stranded out in the middle of South Knoxville. Well, fine, I'll give you a ride. Well, I get in the car with her. Yeah, come on, we'll give, her, give you a ride. I get in the car with her and start driving. And I say, okay, where am I taking you? And she doesn't tell me a place to, for me to take her. And I've been around drugs long enough at that point that I realize when somebody tells you that you just, hey, take me in a direction, not a specific place, you're about to get jacked or something's about to happen, right? So she has me drive towards um, Henley Street Bridge on Chapman Highway, turn back the other way that I went. And I'm starting driving, and finally, as we get about to Henley Street, I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Like, are you about to try to get me jacked by somebody by taking me to somebody's house, and son's, I'm about to get robbed because I ain't got no money. You're, you know what I mean? I got $80 to my name. That's all I got. So instead, she tries to prostitute herself to me. I was like, young lady, you are too young to be at all in a, this type of position. And I'm like, how old are you? And she said, I'm 19. I'm like, you are not 19 years old. She shows me her ID. She was 19. She just looked young, but she looked like 14. And I was like, how in the world are you in this position? One, grace of God, it was a Christian that she came to, not somebody else, you know what I mean, that would have done something. Two, I was like, all right, like, and I'm not cool, but I'm, but I know better than that stuff. But I asked her, okay, how'd you get here? She got pregnant and her mom put her out when she got pregnant, got pregnant out of red lock when she was in high school. And she was living in the government housing that was near over where I lived in Old Severe area. Um, she was living in there, and she needed $45 because it was $45 a week for her and her baby to stay in this one-bedroom apartment. And she needed the $45 to be able to keep her and her baby in this apartment. So um, I was like, well, I mean, God bless. I, I got $80 to my name. I'll give you 40 of it. You know what I mean, 45 of it. Like, here, we'll do this. That's all I got, but we'll do it. I was broke. But so, you know, we turn around, we drive back, we go to the pilot there on Chapman Highway, and we stop there. I think I bought her, like, some crackers and a soda because she hadn't eaten either and gave her the other $5 that she needed. And she starts crying. And she says to me, why are you doing this? And before I thought about it, I just said, because I'm God's son. Before I thought about it. You can change one person's life with something as small as $45. If it had been somebody besides me in grace of God, it, it wasn't. If it had been somebody besides me, what, what would they have done? But with something as little as $45, you can change the trajectory of one individual's life just by paying attention. And I'll be honest, I, didn't have, I wasn't paying attention. God had to slap me in the face. And just doing what's right. So then I asked her, when's the last time you talked to your mom? It had been about six months. So I gave her my phone. I was like, why don't you call your mom? So she kind of cleans herself up a little bit. So I was crying, calls her mom. I don't remember what they were talking about. I just hear her say, that would be nice. And she starts bawling again. And she asked me if I'll take her to her mama's house, which is over in Vestal. And Vestal's, I'll just be real, it's the toughest neighborhood in Knoxville. You know what I mean? As far as low income, that's the toughest neighborhood in Knoxville. So I took her over there and dropped her off there. I even the next day was like, hey, I got like $35 left. But if you'll come, I was moving that weekend and I was getting paid that weekend. I was like, if you'll come help me pack boxes, I'll give you $35 more to kind of get some food for you and your baby. She never came back. And that's, you know, I, I don't know what happened with her. I don't know that it was okay. But from there, it gave me a heart for my city because it wasn't, this is something you read about. It's something you see on Law and Order or whatever show that you watch. This isn't something that really happens where real people 
that seemingly come from good homes in your neighborhood, and it happened in my neighborhood. So I started driving around praying for my city, and God's changed that place in a way that I would never have believed was humanly possible. He told me to tell you, one, 2019, you will begin to see your city change. Two, it is a fight. Understand, never with people, and every time we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. If you're ever trying to fight with people, you're always wrong, no matter what, right? And I, I am too, not just you. But it's always a fight. It's always a fight. You got to get up wanting some in the morning. You got to just get up, okay, what can I, what's a little thing I can do that takes 10 minutes out of my day where I can take something from the devil in my community? And as you do that, you'll watch that God blesses it and it continues to increase and God will multiply it. The third thing he said to tell you was this, and I'll be honest, I don't know why. It's time to get back to faith and believing when you can't see. We, you know, back when I first got saved, everyone was on this like the faith teachers. There was all these faith teachers on TV and I didn't know nothing. I just, you know, this is better than drugs. You know what I mean? It's like, I got a house, so everything must be going all right. I'm not on the street. So that's what I watched is the faith teachers are on TV and that's what I watched. And I got into that and I started reading the Bible about all the things that Jesus says about faith. But unfortunately, in the body of Christ, we turn things into a brand sometimes, and we turn faith into a brand. And it went from just, I pray, I believe I receive when I pray, I confess with my mouth that God's done this, I walk it out as if God's already done it. And as soon as I pray and I received it from there, it turned into, if you send me $25, God's going to heal your mammal of breast cancer. That's what, I mean, that's what, it, you know what I mean? Like, if you sow this seed, God's going to do, it turned into that. And I'm not saying God won't sometimes lead you in a specific example to do something, I've learned the hard way, don't think God, you don't tell God what he's going to do, right? But I'm just saying it, it became a thing that became out of balance. The other thing God told me to tell you to do was to research things with faith. It's time to stretch your faith again. It's time to read word about faith. This word is like real good. And so read about it. Hebrews 11, read about it. Faith that can move a mountain. Like, do you really believe this again? And what would happen if the men and women of God in your community actually believed if I have faith for this, I could legitimately get this thing to move a mountain. You can change your community. God's going to change your community in 2019. You have to be a partaker. You get to be a partaker, man. That's the coolest part. Like, you get to do that. You know how cool it is that I get to, because I do sports radio, and that doesn't make me cool or anything like that, but I get to do these things in South Knoxville that help benefit these things that are helping out, right? I get to say things to public leaders and people like that or have, and pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, we need this in South Knoxville. That's cool. It's awesome to be able to be that. And that's what God puts you here for, right? To be a force for good, for his kingdom to expand his kingdom, to take the things that are under the curse when you get the book of Deuteronomy and turn those into things that are under the blessing. That's what you're here for. That, that's what he put you here for, is to expand this kingdom and to enjoy because he loves you. When in 2019, God's going to turn your city around. I think he's going to do it through this church. I think I've seen your pastor lay prostrate on this floor too many times. Um, praying for this church city. And I believe that your prayers have come before the Lord now, and now is your time. And I believe it will happen in 2019. Thank y'all. Sorry I've been long-winded there. I'm, I'm used to filling three hours. So I don't think I only did about half that. But thank you so much. <laughs>